Hey yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm your host, Dustin Perry, and I am joined by James Key. James, hello. 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 <laughs> and I'm also joined by Maddie Key. Maddie, hello. What the fuck was that? <laughs> James is trying to echo himself for some reason. This I don't know if you can count. Disrespect. It was three hellos. It's enough for an echo. True. Well, we have, we have more than three stories on our list today. We have a number of things we want to talk about with you. We have the Stanley Cup has finally been awarded, and this time to the Colorado Avalanche. The Hockey Hall of Fame has been announced as well. It's been a busy couple days for the NHL. Uh, speaking of the NHL, the coaching blender strikes again. And there's a whole bunch of coaches have gone into the blender and it's spun around again, and they're at different places. We'll talk a bit about that. The Blue Jays have a new pitcher coming, maybe. Maybe by the time you hear this, they already have officially signed their new pitcher. A uh, whole bunch of Blue Jays involved in the All-Star game, perhaps, at least the way the voting is going. And apparently, no one wants Kyrie Irving on their team. And if we have some time, we may talk a bit more about Hockey Canada. We have an update on that story. But before we get to all that, we do like to just catch up on the week and what everyone has been doing. James, we'll start with you. I think I may have had the busiest weekend, but I'm going to start with you, James, and we'll we'll end with me. Yeah, I think you probably did have the busiest weekend. No, man. Um, what did I do on for the week? Um, work's been kind of like busy, so been really like leaning into that and focusing on that. The weekend, um, I thought I did something. I man, I thought I did something with my kid on Saturday besides soccer. soccer. Yeah, but that, maybe that was it. Um, yeah, it was. Then we did like a, we just had like a small little barbecue after. Um, but what I did do that was kind of hold cool on, don't sp- bury the lead on the barbecue. What did you barbecue? Ah, oh, just the burgers and dogs. But actually, okay. that's cool. Okay, okay now I got to get it. Okay, so we for the first time we tried Costco's burgers, like their frozen ones. They were fan fucking tastic. Really? I put them above any frozen like. I mean, frozen burgers generally like, well, I mean, I guess it's different now. Back in the day, well, yeah, tasty burgers are are in the pantheon of frozen burgers. They're you know what tasty burgers are, right, Dustin? I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. So tasty burgers are the ones you get from M and M's meat shops that are the most generic fucking like every car dealership when they have like the come on by for a free barbecue. (laughs) Right. Like they're the best. I love because they're so like consistent and they're just they are what they are that you can't beat them but then after that like it used to be just frozen burgers but in in the last like 15 years they've really gone in like sirloin rib three cheese angot like it's all i tell you the costco ones were fantastic i really liked them they were good but um on uh that sports related um i got into a break of uh photogenic nba football so what or basketball so what uh this year's panini nba photogenic is is it's cards that are premium photography so like really nice like it's not just your generic action shots like it's really cool uh images um and in my first break they did two boxes and i got three teams i got the rockets the lakers and i got uh, the hornets and i hit uh, a lamello ball doing the the tap on his arm pose numbered to 75 so it's a really nice card it's going for about 200 bucks now so i'm probably gonna send that off to be graded but these i'll show you the cards when they come in 
there or if you want to google them they're just it's really nice photography and just it look really cool on a shelf so uh really stoked and i got a bunch of lebrons that are probably worth money too and an austin reeves who plays for the lakers i got his autograph in the break and i think lebron said this kid's special i looked up his stats he's undrafted um but in the like in the last couple of games of the season, I guess they played him more because the Lakers weren't going anywhere. The kid had a thirty-one point game. <laughs> he's up, he's undrafted, so he might actually be something decent. So I might hang on to this kid's autograph. But yeah, I really like the product, photogenic. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking actually, of nerds, uh, Maddie, fun, what did wait, you do for your one week? sec before yeah. you said nerd? You made you made me remind me of something. We were joking the other day about how like nerd stuff at work has kind of become cool right like stranger things dungeons and dragons and all that stuff is like joe manganello does dungeons and dragons jason momoa like they all play right we were like what if one day someone's like you fucking nerd you play football nerd like what's <laughs> like what if everything flips one day right and it's, well, it's just like, like 20 it's like 21 jump street remember when he, they go back to high school and like yeah. he was like the jockey guy and everyone's like oh you fucking loser <laughs> right like what if Oh, you like Tom Brady, you fucking nerd? Like, that'd be hilarious. Why don't you marry him? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you go play your football with all your football friends, loser? I feel you- like you can be classified as a nerd about anything if you're overly, like, into it. Oh, yeah. Whether that's right or wrong. I mean, like, I remember someone calling me, like, a nerd because I knew a lot about sports. I'm like... I suppose well, you're like, like I suppose you're right, but like I've never considered it that way. Of like, because typically, like you're just saying, like the jock thing is like the antithesis of what you think of a nerd, right? But like I've never connected those dots where like you can be a nerd about sports. Well, it's like nerd used to be a pejorative term, and now it's just like okay, nerd. Like it's just like cool. It's it's well, essentially now like a way to just say you're a big fan of a yeah. certain medium right like you know what I think? almost like when they used to say you're horny for this you're a nerd for this <laughs> you know what i think changed that remember that game show beat the geek no it was no. big bang theory it was bang think, bang theory 100 percent big that <laughs> i don't know i think beat be, well i think beat the geek was a it's big part because it came but it came before it and they had different quote yeah, unquote geeks like, for different like, things though no big bang no i'm not talking about just pop culture i'm talking about anything because they had geeks that were about sports on the show right like it was more broad strokes I, name the sports geek I on big bang think, i think big bang theory just because it's such a successful television show whether you like the show or not it's like their television ratings are insane and also the mcu i think did a huge yeah uh, uplift in that as well but yeah, no, like I I know the show Jim's talking about. Like, I do remember it. We actually did a thing in high school, like a pseudo beat the geeks thing. Jim is actually the wrestling geek for the for the thing. But you go set. I could I could be Jim in the beat the geek. We're talking wrestling. Oh, I don't know. We may. You know what? As <laughs> as a special like epi, maybe in those dead days of August. We should maybe I will host. I'll bring in a buddy to help me with this, and we'll do a <laughs> DP versus JK beat the geeks. And I'm never hold on. I'm never calling you DP again. But <laughs> <laughs> Dustin versus Jim beat the geeks off. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm just batting a thousand today. 
<laughs> oh boy. Anyway, just a showdown of sorts between you two for wrestling knowledge. And yeah, we'll do like myself will host it. My friend will help me come up with the questions that easy, medium, hard, and maybe bet. I don't know. Maybe a couple beverages, maybe uh, a medium pizza. Yeah, medium pizza from Little Caesars with a side of crazy bread. Uh, now that you uh, actually go on, if you have uh, more about your week, but your Little Caesars thing just reminded me of something. But go well, I, I personally don't like Little Caesars pizza. I'm only there for the crazy bread. But uh, yeah, no, my week, I, I got finished my chest tattoo, which was nice. I thought it was going to take a lot longer than six sessions or sorry, the three sessions that it was, but, it, you know, because she initially planned for six, but, you know, it's we got it done in three because uh, initially we were going to do full color on it and that was going to take a lot longer, but we decided to do more accent color. So, yeah, I got that done. And then, you know, as it goes with tattoos, once you start, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to stop. So now I'm planning the next one which i i promise the wife after the next one i'll take a bit of a break because it is a bit of an expensive hobby um so yeah i did that and nerd I get, yeah no 100 <laughs> percent. yo I, right? I have one i have one tattoo that on the right arm that's um the main focus of it is a dragoon from final fantasy the rest of it is not final fantasy oriented but just that one is that part of it um yeah no but on the sports front obviously cup final watch that um I know, like, people thought after the Lightning took game, what was it, whatever it was, game four, or game five or something, that, hey, maybe they can do it. Maybe they can come back. And I was like, no, they're not doing this. There's no way. Oh, it was, yeah, it was game five and push it to a six. I was like, yeah, they're not, they're not going to push it to seven. Nathan McKinnon was playing possessed, but we'll get into that. So, yeah, other than that, you know. Just kind of, kind of low key. Enjoy the weather, Dustin. Now, er, yeah, earlier you you mentioned the Little Caesars pizza, and I actually had some Little Caesars pizza on Friday night, not by choice. Literally, someone handed me a box of pizza. I was like, "I'm not going to finish this. Do you want it?" You're not going to turn down free pizza. It's free pizza. I mean, say what you will about Little Caesars pizza, it was free. So yeah, I, you know, even, it's, you know, it's worse the than the worst Caesar's? pizza is decent yeah. pizza. You know what kind of pizza is worse than Little Caesars pizza? No pizza. Pizza, pizza. No, no pizza. No pizza. Yes, I will. I will agree with that. But I will also definitely contest that pizza, pizza is probably the worst pizza available in terms of fast food pizza. Yeah, yeah. No, I would, I would agree. But like their sauces, though. Their oh yeah, sauces no. Okay. Up for it. Hundred percent agree. The dipping sauces for your crust and oh, I guess whatever else you want to dip in the dipping sauces. That is hundred percent the best thing about pizza. Pizza. The sriracha that, creamy garlic. Oh, the jalapeno cheddar. Yes. Like there's a lot of really good options for dipping sauce for pizza. Pizza. I almost feel like ordering a pizza from anywhere else and then asking them to like, yo, can you just go buy pizza? Pizza. It's just it. text the Uber guy on the way. Yo, make a quick yeah. stop. You know what, I'll even mark it on the map for you. <laughs> it's right here. Just ask uh, for three sauces. I've said this before. Little Caesars at a dollar value for return, it's not that bad. Like for twelve dollars, I walk out of there with a medium and a bag of crazy bread. Like it's not Is this like George Costanza? Ma newer. It's not that bad. <laughs> Ma newer. Um it's, and all of a sudden, she had a boyfriend. That- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like pizza, like uh, no pizza, pizza doesn't get about it. Little Caesars, I think, sometimes gets a bad rap because it's very basic. But it's like to me, it's like the tasty burgers of pizza. 
Like I like I'll eat Little Caesars every day because I feel like for twelve dollars, like I'm not gonna complain. You know. Yo, do you remember when we jacked that like pizza from, like the pizza pizza from like <laughs> in Lindsay? Back in no. the day. <laughs> no. You don't remember. Oh. You'll have to explain the story. We have no idea what you're talking about. So, well, we didn't directly jack this pizza, but we enjoyed a free pizza because we were sitting at my brother's apartment back in Lindsay and we're just kind of hanging out there. All of a sudden, two friends of ours just kind of walk in with like two like larger party-sized pizzas. We're like, where'd you get this? And this like we were like 17. Like, I don't know. Someone was just holding them on the street, walked by and grabbed them and then came over. So they just jacked two pizzas from somebody. Imagine that imagine that kid that got his pizza stolen, like listens to this show now, and he's been like thinking about that moment for his entire life. Yeah. Well, he's like he traces like where his life went and it went all downhill. And, and that's like the genesis point. And he's listening like, that's to his this? villain origin story to go into villain arc. So like when he was younger, it was stolen pizza arc, and now it's full villain arc. Or he's just listening to this, and he's like, he can rest now. You, he can sleep tonight. Or Steve Buscemi in fucking yeah. puts the lipstick on. He's with the lipstick. <laughs> yeah, crossing goes off full, on a list. goes full Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> that just is fucked up, man. Rides a shopping cart. Put it, yeah, but. Anyway, Dustin, continue on what we your weekend. weekend like. So the point of that story was, as I was chewing this pizza, a piece of my tooth broke. So oh, the no. in my bag oh, nice. That, uh, that no one can see, because obviously this is not on video yet. Uh, but yeah, my tooth is now in uh, pieces. So it was, was not it? like the pizza was hard or anything. I think this tooth was just like hanging. A molar? And, yeah. You know what? I had that and happen it, it, to me about... It's about, I say about 10 years ago and the magic that they do in dentistry now, like they use the acrylic and they just basically remolded the, like, I couldn't even tell that half my tooth broke off and it's been fantastic ever since it, I went in there, it took 45 minutes. They reconstructed the other half. Like, I don't even know how they did it. That's, like it was, that's actually really good to hear because I didn't know what was going to happen if they had to like pull the tooth out and put no, like a, no, a new... dude. They they use the, like the plastic. So for fillings now, they don't even use metal anymore. They use acrylic, and that's I think what it was because the tooth that broke was one that I got a filling in like twenty years ago. So right. I bet the filling just like corroded out of my tooth and made it, you know. So yeah, so they use like white flat. plastic acrylic, and they just. They remodel. I don't know how they did it. Again, like, how do you remodel a tooth? Like, are you the fucking Michelangelo of dentistry? Like, you just, nah. Yo, but, I said this the other day. They can put a man on Mars. Trust me. Remolding yeah, they, it's true. a tooth is nothing. Fuck, I bet you they even 3D printed now. <laughs> but it's, uh, it, yeah, it's it's like the white plastic acrylic. They put it on there. They hit you with the blue light a bunch of times. Bingo, bango, you're out of there. Like, well, Again, you, you like, got to do the bite down and then they shave the excess around it. Yeah. You're good to go. It literally, literally took me 45 minutes. Awesome. That's good yeah. to hear. I, I have that. And it's held on strong. In, I have that in my future in the next couple of weeks. And it's held on strong. It's, never, never had a concern. Never worried. Nothing. Nice. Uh, it's nice that I had braces recently. So I still have to wear this like mouth guard retainer every so often. Nerd. And <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so the benefit is that and i'm only supposed to wear it like every other night um until it gets to a point where i still wear it ever again but 
I'm just going to start wearing it every night now because it's really sharp in there, <laughs> like where the tooth used to be. Yeah. So when I put the uh, retainer on, it's just smooth plastic. So yeah, that's what happened makes, to me. Like it was a lot easier. Well, mine cracked and it was hanging there for a bit, which is kind of gross, but like it was really annoying. And then when it finally broke off, it was almost like relief. But then like you, I was like, that's really sharp and kind of weird. So I went like the yeah. next day and got it done. But yeah, get that oh, shit done. Day. It's it's super. Well, yeah, well, I, made, I booked an appointment, but they're like, yeah, we don't have anything for like two weeks. Well, that's because people haven't <laughs> gone for two years. So they're all backed yeah. up. So yeah. I will say this though. Like when it comes to um, the, the retainers and shit, I remember when I got my braces off, I think I was in like grade eight, grade nine. And they were like, here's your retainer. What design do you want on it? And I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to pick white with a yin yang on it. Right. And <laughs> picked it up from the dentist. Yeah, nerd. Left the dentist. Had it in the case. Never saw it again. <laughs> Never Dude, wore you, that shit after you, that. You want to hear like- the biggest nerd thing about a retainer? I used to get my retainer in green and black stripes for DX. Nobody's no, seen the fucking nerd. inside of my loser. mouth. No, nobody I feel seen. Like if the anything, you guys are talking about are very different than the retainer that I have now. We had the plastic with the metal that went around the front of your teeth, like the yeah, right. So that's not what I have. No, so I know you I have, have like the Invisalign shit, like like a. Well, that's what it looks like now. Yeah, yeah it's just like it looks like a mouth guard. You just pop. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, my wife has one because she grinds her teeth in her sleep. Probably because mm-hmm. she's like in her dreams, plotting to kill me, and she's <laughs> just trying to figure it out. So, you know, she, like I know what you're talking about, but. The old school ones with the plastic one, where you talk like this. Oh, yeah, yeah that was. And I just brutal. refused. I was like, I'm not wearing this. Brutal. But yeah, so that's your Friday. Let's get to so Saturday that, for you. That was my Friday. <laughs> um, so Friday, I was in London for Greek Town Wrestling. Uh, they made their debut in London, Ontario, and that was a lot of fun. It's always it's always crazy to me when like, and this happened Saturday too. When like people come up to me, and they're like, Oh, hey man, a big fan. I'm like, What? Like big fan of what me why dude it's What's weird wrong with you it's so weird because like to this day i get messages of like when are you coming back i'm like coming back to what like what like to to what they're like well it's not the same what's not the same and it's humbling like, like really I, abstract I, thoughts and talking right like i'm i'm well i'm just i'm not naming names uh but yeah, yeah. But it's, but there's some people who I like they will say something like oh it's uh, cool that you're here and like I used to watch you here and like okay that's that's very nice of you thank yeah. you for the kind words but then there's other people where I'm like I get the feeling that you think I'm somebody else right now and I'm just gonna smile and uh, nod because I've never two, seen you before in my life week two and, of Dustin's random brown guy <laughs> number three right and that's that, exactly and that's a lot of times what it could be but like. How many other random brown guys are doing like wrestling commentary and wrestling announcing? Like, I don't think that exists anywhere. You're such beyond a good me. ref in NXT, Dustin. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I could be Hornet. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. People are weird like that, though, man. I, I, I like just to digress a little bit, kind of a bit, that thing. One of my biggest pet peeves, and it just made me think of this, is when people talk to you without context. Like, they just, like, it's a stream of consciousness, just start talking, and like, you're already in it, and you're like, what the fuck want, are you talking about? They want you to fill in the it gaps. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Greek town so, wrestling yeah. in London. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, London was uh, Friday night, and then Saturday night was in uh, Ted Reeve Arena in Toronto. Greek town wrestling, uh, Yo, which was that, uh, that's an arena, which was really weird for me because 
Uh, We've seen so many. James, shows, I know right? you did. The, you did the same thing. Like Ring of Honor ran there a lot, and we would go there all the time for Ring of Honor. And there was became, a lot of really. That's where I became buds with uh, with Steen was there. Like, like that's how. Like, basically, my whole wrestling career started there. Was interviewing him, and then him putting in good words for me at places, and like that's how it kind of rolled so yeah it definitely holds like a special place i guess from from that like my brother and i went there uh when steen won the title the ring of honor title we were section c section c people hated us oh you're the section c guys yeah we started that (laughs) oh of course you did yeah we had our buddy shane and brayden who who does the up up uh up nxt podcast with uh, on um post wrestling with john pollock Shane does that? I didn't know that was Shane. No, Braden. No, Braden does it. Oh, okay. No. But uh, we we lifted Shane out of his wheelchair and we took the wheel off and they used it, they used in the it match. as a weapon in the hardcore match. <laughs> we were screaming, we were like, wait, we got to get this back. So we started yelling at everyone and one of the guys came up and was like, oh shit, okay, here you go. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, Sorry. Temporary Varina is... Uh, <laughs> like we were talking about it has a lot of memories for a lot of people and it's yeah it's where kevin steen won the world title it's the same building where you saw a classic main event of tyler black and davy richards uh plus that bloody brawl with the briscoes and uh kings of wrestling like there's a lot of really really first time awesome you would have seen that happened new japan here was probably there yeah that's you a know? good point new japan wrestling would have been the first time they would have done a Canadian date would have been yeah well, i don't, I don't think they the Canadian, but but yeah with ring of honor for, as part of global wars or or war of the worlds right yeah sorry global wars not border wars yeah right. yeah so yeah i mean it's kind of one of those places that like if you can run it you've done something right or you have a shit ton of money to burn so yeah one of the two but you know what based on how many people are in the building it looked like it was successful and uh, there was a lot of people lined up to get an autograph by, from Bret Hart, and um, Bret was there, and he stayed the whole time and signed autographs for everybody who wanted an autograph, which was awesome. Because there's been times where I've seen him not do that, and and I've seen like promoters have right. to like give out refunds to people because Bret had, had to leave for. Dude, I had to stand in the ring and be like, "Jake the Snake is signing autographs at intermission." Like, Where's Jake? Jake the Snake is not signing. <laughs> Intermission. He left. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Uh, I, wait, wait, I remember. So we booked Jake the Snake. Okay, well, this is a side, side story. We're 20 minutes in, but this is worth it. Uh, it's been all booked, side story at this point. So we booked Jake the Snake uh, in tandem with Sean Gibson, who does Barry Wrestling. We were like, okay, he's got Jake. We'll piggyback and we'll do Jake in Toronto. He'll do Jake and Barry. We won't really infringe on anyone else's business. It's fine. So they booked Jake and we get him the next day. Jake shows up at about, I don't know, what'd you say? Five o'clock, Dustin? He signs about maybe 20 autographs, maybe 25 autographs, I would say. And we say, okay, thanks, Jake. Well, you know, people are just coming. Next round will be at intermission because it'll the building will be full. You'll get the next round of people. Okay, brother. And then fuck intermission hey everyone just so you know jake the snake is over in that room signing that was the that was the time we used the change room as the lead-in for the show which is really fucking weird but um it wasn't the change room it was what we used to use the change room so anyway it's what we normally so yeah so okay so explain what this looked like basically it's two two gyms gyms side by side and one was a change room 
one gym we always use for our locker room and the other gym is where the event space was. But in this situation where we needed space for Jake to do his autograph signing, he was in the secondary gym that we normally use for a locker room. He had a table set up in there. Yeah, we put all of our merch there. Yeah, Essentially our old locker room. Yeah, yeah, had all the merch there. So get in the ring intermission to to give everyone the uh, the house notes. And yeah, Jake the Snake will be signing autographs over there. And then like two seconds later, someone, yeah, man, he's not here. <laughs> I think Someone it was you. It might have been you. Go. Yeah, Stop it might be you or Caitlin or somebody. He's like, no, no, or Scott. Like, no, 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 no. Standing outside the ring doing this, like the the throw cut. No, no, no. Jake's not here. Sorry, guys. Jake apparently has left the building, and apparently he just took off. He was like, fuck this, fuck this noise. I got paid. I'm out. Like he just didn't care. <laughs> He's left with his handler. I remember whoever. Jake just yelling, next. Yeah. <laughs> next <laughs> and there's no one there was no one there like no one was waiting <laughs> it was almost like he was asking for he's, someone else to walk up seeing him. ghosts yeah yeah so but I, I mean based on all the stories that i've heard about jake roberts the fact that he showed up at means, all yeah means the world yeah like that's that surprised <laughs> me in and of itself yeah so anyway so uh what else surprised me uh last night was that we saw a brown man hold up the Stanley Cup. So I would like to uh, congratulate the Colorado Avalanche for winning the Stanley Cup last night, uh, last night as we record this. So, I mean, two nights ago, I guess, by the time you hear this. Uh, first Muslim player ever to hold the Stanley Cup. And if you could, if you look at the all the shit that he went through this playoff, and this you know, the stuff with Saint the fans in St. Louis. It may not have been necessarily not, fans in St. Louis. It might have just been like racist people in general. But I think it's a nice fitting end to that. I mean, I guess it's not the end of the story, but it's a nice uh, moment in this story where not even that though. Like he can now not, he can now point at the Stanley Cup and say, "My name is forever etched on here." Yeah, but like not even that. Like it's not even the shit he went with St. Louis. Like he said, like for anyone who thought I was a liability like kiss my ass like, that was another thing that, uh, that like, is that awesome. a shot at, is that it. a shot at do this amazing because that was the that was the conversation when he got traded away from the maple leafs right. was this guy is a great player and we love him here and he's everything the maple leafs need but when it comes time for the playoffs he always does something stupid and gets himself suspended which is yeah, a tough thing to yeah I mean, but then he did it really tough he did it again <laughs> the very next year in Colorado. He sure did. Yeah, he sure did. But, but was that a shot at Dubis and Shanahan, you think? Or just Both. the fans or people in general? No, not the fans. The fans love Kadri. The fans never and he No, I mean not the like fans. the fans. I don't mean the fans in general. I mean the like the the royal people who said he's a liability. Or do you think he was being very specific in talking about Dubis and Shanahan? It was I think very specific. Being, yeah, I think he's very being very specific. I think it, that was a conversation. Good for him. That he probably had at an exit interview with the Maple Leafs. Good for him. Yeah. He was having a, a torrid, like a, he was a hell of a playoff up until his injury, and then he scored a he like, scored the overtime goal. Yeah. Which oh, I don't care what. That's anyone, another thing. Actually, yeah. we we need to talk about that. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, and I talked about this with Eric Young on the way up to London, and he, like myself also believes that it's a goal. It's 100% it is. a goal. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's not too many men. That, no. though, like, you can't make that call at, like, as often as people want it to be called in a game. Like, the refs have to look at that situationally and say, is a play being impacted by this? 
McKinnon was staring at the bench. He was gassed. He's not even close. He's not even going to engage in the play. And he was 5, 10 feet from the boards. It's fine. That shit happens all the time. If you roll it back, Tampa had seven guys on the ice in the same position that McKinnon was. The only difference was Colorado had the puck. Kadri breaks up the ice and scores a goal. The other thing, too, you don't want him scoring that goal. Defend him. Yeah, McDonough let also- him slide. Sergachev let him slide. He scored yeah. a really nice goal. That play is hard to do. The you know full tilt, off wing, come down, put it to center, under the guy's stick, get Far the side. position, put the puck on net. Yeah, and uh, if you look at the still image, Kadri's not even at the top of the circle when McKinnon hits the bench. So, you know, like like Matt said, it's it's in the rule book. You're allowed to be within five feet of the bench. It's also a discretionary call by the refs. Like that's the the one thing I, I will disagree with in the NHL. They need to stop having discretionary penalties. <laughs> like, oh yeah, like the goaltender interference. Well, because that's kind of discretionary unless it's blatant. But like, why don't they paint the 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 space in front of the benches like gray or Cause something? Because then, then you have too much shit on the ice. You already have the blue line, the red line, the goal line, the circles, the hash marks, the dots, the dots outside the blue okay, line. Okay, then, then uh, maybe the- just a small red line even or something just to. Just to give, or people like, just, just stop to, bitching about it and be like, this happens 15, 16 times a game, deal with it. Well, it also happened to John Cooper two years previous or last year. Yeah, like against the Islanders. Yeah, so... Yeah, I so mean, he can... It's like, honestly, if hindsight is twenty twenty, and I think that's why the next game he... Or the next day he came out and was kind of like, you know, rolling it back a little bit, being like, no, you know, heat of the moment, you're frustrated. Someone probably pulled <laughs> showed him, him the aside Islander. and was like... <laughs> Hey, look you at this. benefited <laughs> from this last year? Shot it. Yeah. Shows them a right? phone. Hey, like, buddy, you remember this? Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, that was 100% a goal. And like people stop. Like that, in, for how fast hockey is, you're never going to get that 100% right. It has to happen. If not, that game is going to be stop and start way more than it can already be sometimes. I think but what dude, people need to, I guess the way you should look at this, of whether it's a penalty or not, if the puck didn't go in the net, would anybody have said anything? Absolutely not. No. So I think that's, that's what I mean. The, that's the difference there. The, it's like, it's, it's the same gonna... thing with with icings. Sometimes in the NHL, you're supposed to ice the puck after the red line. The amount of times guys fire the puck to the opposite end, two or three feet behind the red line, and they don't call icing. I'm like, and one day I just gave up. I was like, I guess they just let it go because you're close enough. Like, like it's so much like, well, close enough. Like, like uh, Morgan Riley's notorious for that. I watch, he ices the puck a good two feet behind the red line. Like he shoots it to the other, he dumps the puck in and I'm like, that's an icing. And then it's not. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's where we are. You know, like it just does. Okay. The lines don't matter. Whatever. Like it's in our favor sometimes, but whatever. Do you think it's like so much of Tampa being like, well, we're back-to-back champs. We deserve that shit. Like, a little bit of entitlement. Do you know what I mean? No. Yeah, like, maybe. to think that they deserve the the benefit of that call or getting that call in a situation where another team wouldn't. Maybe. I think that's way more horrible in the NBA than it is in the NHL, but I, I don't think you're in, entirely off base. I think, you know, I think there is a level of champion's advantage in sports where they think, you know, you know it's to be the man, you got to beat the man. Right, like, you know, so I don't know. It's uh, it's funny, you know, Dustin on the Kadri thing. You tweeted something that I think everybody 
who knows what ails the Maple Leafs were thinking is, man, wouldn't it be nice to have a player like Nassif Kadri on this team? I, I didn't think I tweeted that. I think I just put that in the Discord. But yes. Oh, maybe he was in Discord, yeah. That was the joke I had made. I don't think I even made it after they won the cup, or maybe I did. But I, I think it was at goal. some point throughout the series, I jokingly said, man, this Nazem Kadri thick guy would look really good in blue and white. And I think Kadri is, has been the player the Maple Leafs have been searching for ever since trading him away. Yeah. Do you imagine he's your... You move Tavares to the wing and you have Kadri as your hey. second line center. Hey. Like they, they played together in London, didn't they? Exactly. So <laughs> you have Tavares as your second line center. He can take the face off sometimes because he's a strong face off guy, but positionally during the play, he's on the wing. You have Kadri down center to be your four, you know, your deep four check, your first guy in type guy. And then you have <clears throat> Willie on the wing. That's stupid. I, you know, that's a nice line. I mean, and, it's stupid because it, there's a zero percent chance it'll happen. No, because that's who's gonna make minimum eight sheets now. Yeah, well, good thing He's we got paid. Tyson Berry and Alex Kerfoot to show for it. Oh okay, yeah. Listen, listen, I don't want to hear any more hate about Alexander Kerfoot. No, he does well. He's a Swiss Army knife, and he's still on the books for another year for three and a half. So. For now. I get it. I know Kerfoot <laughs> is not Nazem Kadri and never will be. But Alexander Kerfoot, has like you said, Maddie, Kerfoots. he's a Swiss Army knife. You can use him in so many different situations. He's a Harvard graduate. You know he's not an idiot. <laughs> I like him on the team. I But, like, yeah, when you compare the two players, I get it. It's, it's not even close. Obviously, you'd rather have Kadri. But Kadri's going to be making at least double what yeah. Kerfoot's making next year. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, the problem with the Kerfoot is, if you look at it, they have too many Kerfoots. Right? Like, Mikheyev is a Kerfoot. Swiss Army knife. Penalty kill. Fast. Can put the puck in the net. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Mikheyev's not on the team anymore. Right. But I'm yeah, saying they have like, they have so many... They ha- well, they had um, so many Kerfoots. And it's just like, you know, we needed... Like we said, the guy they needed is a guy who brings a different element. And that was a guy like Nazem Kadri. I mean, we were talking before this. This is, gonna, this is now pivoting away from the avalanche. But uh, we are a Toronto sports podcast. So, you know, with with the draft and, and free agency coming up, this is my favorite two weeks. Oh yeah, uh, coming up. I mean, they're gonna have to do something. We've, we're talking about it. All the radio stations are talking about it. You know, there, there's no goaltending offer. No, um, who somebody else hasn't gotten an offer? Who else would they were talking about? Well, I'm just I'm looking at the list of free agents right now. Some of these guys, man, like, I, I, like if you get them on decent deals, is PK Subban worth nine million? Absolutely not. Is PK Subban worth two and a half million on your blue line uh, as like a second, third pairing as a PP two option? You're okay with that, you know? If, who else is on your? Uh, Ryan Kessler. I mean, he'll never play another game again. There, you're <laughs> right. I, I see what you're saying. Like, there's a lot of guys on here that are like a really intriguing play because they're not going to get the same money they got last year. No, so, Max Domi. Um, I think something that's really intriguing that I don't think is going to happen, but it would be really intriguing. If you say Mark Andre Fleury, I'm going to be really upset. I was going to say Phil Kessel. <laughs> Could you imagine Phil the Thrill back in Toronto? <laughs> Hot dog I mean, guy is going to be very happy. He's not going to make the eight million he made last year, 
but I think he's just got his money fine. off the books. <laughs> I think he's perfect. Yeah, yeah, we'll just right stop back. paying him. Maybe he wants to keep getting that check from the Maple Leafs. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he's perfectly happy being. He's he won cups. That man doesn't need shit. I mean, he'll sign in San Jose or at, like he's perfectly fine not being under the radar. I think he may he, stay in Arizona. Be yeah, happy think, playing for five thousand people. I think he was happy in Arizona. He never. He, he kept playing. He never once complained. He made it to a game when he gave the birth of his kid he still made it so played the one shift and then he left and dude the one team for arizona like the one team that if you were having a kid (laughs) you'd be like yeah fuck it i'm out it would be the would be the coyotes this guy was like no sure i'll play so if you look at it though like like andre palat tampa bay lightning now that tampa doesn't do three straight do they try and just run the same team being like, well, it was a cup final or do they say, well, now we can take a breath, maybe reassess where our money goes. Andre Palat, who's been a fantastic player for that team for years. He's up, he's 31. Can you get him at a couple years at like two and a half million? I mean, I don't think so. No, he's, he's going to be more than that. He's going to be four and a half, five. Yeah. But, I imagine. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of guys, like when you look at this list, like I said, there's Max Stomey. And then mm-hmm. if you go up I mean, the most intriguing one, which I think he stays, but I mean, if he ever hits the block, Philip Forsberg. Now, yeah. if you're looking for a different look on your team, do you... Don't, make- don't, 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 don't say it. <laughs> don't say you're getting rid of Nylander. No, it's, uh, you just assess where certain players are and then bring in other guys. Listen. Because he's, right he's a right shot who plays the left. Yeah, and, and listen, there's also, look, what about... And I know Vancouver needs to shed money, but what about JT Miller? JT Miller. They want young, serviceable. They just signed Lilligren for two years at 1.4. Does that write Sandine off this team? No, that the, gets San, no, that gets Sandine at the same, if not a little less money than what Lilligren just signed can you, for. Right. So can you so then can you move, let's say, a Robertson and an Abramov and a Hall? You're is not. You're not getting rid of Abramov after his health issues. That no, just that's really that's bad. not Abramov. That's the other guy. Oh no, that's yeah, that's the other guy. That's Rodion Amirov. Is what yeah. You yeah. Sorry. They're so all like A M R O Vs. Whatever. <laughs> I, I I'm with you. It's it's a lot of <laughs> European but, names that all look the same to me. But, but there's JT, so many good names on here yeah. that I'm looking at right now. Nikita Zadorov. He's up there. Yes. For is it Colin Murder. Miller? Zadorov is a murderer on the he's back up there. end. Ricard Raquel. Like, Nikita Zadorov, Colin Miller, you bring those two guys in, that looks like a really nice 6D. You maybe get rid of Justin Hull as part of that. You ship out Hull. You have Riley Brody, Gio, and either Lilligren or Sandine. And then your bottom pair, Muzzin, and either Miller or Zadorov. That's a nice top six. Yeah, I honestly don't think that the Leafs have a bad top six to begin with right now. Neither do I. But it's it's like a guy like Zadorov brings you the sandpaper on the back end that you desperately crave. Yeah, like the they don't have a again they don't have a bad top six. They don't have a cup winning top six because there's still no there's nobody to to play the hard stuff. They on need that one lineup. hard D man, and they need a legitimately. High energy, but not just high energy. Tough to play against fourth line. Yeah. And I, I feel like we're also missing the biggest need of this team. <laughs> Goaltending. Goal 
Yeah. <laughs> At this point, if someone shoots the puck, no one's going to stop it. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah. going to play with six, no, six forwards all time. Sure, six Shul- Shulgren's coming in. He's going to be your starter day one. But no, I like, mean, I mean... At this point, yes, he is 100% the starting goaltender of this team. Do you think they really move on from Campbell, though? I don't they think They need to find a home Campbell. for Mrazek, and they need to move one or Kerfoot's two contracts. Money. Yeah, to uh, Kerfoot and Hall to figure that out. Because I would imagine... I've heard they're looking at Wedgwood for a backup. But there's also um, Mackenzie Blackwood, apparently. The the Devils have lost faith in. Do you take a flyer on him? Um, you know, there's uh, Capo Kakinen out in San Jose, a third goalie just sitting there behind, was it, Reimer and Aaron Dell? I don't know. There's options that they can get creative. Chicago needs Remember a goaltender. Remember when the Leafs had Aaron Dell? <laughs> right? Chicago, <laughs> Chicago needs a goaltender. Maybe Mrazek's a home uh, in Chicago. For something for for a hot dog and a handshake as they as it were you know it's going to be interesting to t- like the team there's two teams that have to do the most to make whatever they have to do work and it was vegas and toronto and vegas made the first move trading for shea weber's contract and trading dad out. toronto hasn't made their chess move yet and that's that's really telling because they have to. <laughs> they have to. There's no choice. So we'll see. Well, they did get a bit of help. The The cap did go up this year, fortunately. I know the past couple of years has kind of remained flat because of COVID and stuff like that. But I think the cap went up like a million bucks or something. So they have that. Well, the cap <laughs> went up a million. No, but they got to pay Riley. the luxury. Well, the, ca- no, the cap went up a million. They do have to pay what? a quarter of a million in uh, luxury or bonus overages overages and Phil Kessel's money came off. So that's great. But Riley's extra money goes on. So they're kind of at a net like neutral here. So they, you know, well, the thing is, is to looking at it like this, the cap is probably in two years going to skyrocket, which is why I think Lilligren got a two year deal, right? Like that's the bridge deal to say listen we assume we're going to get four or five more million in the next two years we can look at you then right or no they're probably their cap's probably going to go up two and a half million next year as because the nhl had like a record you know profits year now if that stays the course and most of the debts paid back by the players as part of their escrow and all that shit then next year cap probably goes up by what two two and a half and then after that there's people that think it may go up by another six at that point that's when Matthews is up and that's when you're just like blank check. Here you go. Just write your number in. If you're looking for, there's a chance that we see Michael Hutchinson in net for the Maple Leafs at some point this year. Uh, I certainly hope not. I don't (laughs) think so. You know, when you were looking at UFAs, there's actually a lot of interesting like guys you could take flyers off like guys you didn't even mention you know like they might yeah Clint burakovsky yeah calvin dehan burakovsky is but here's the thing like i agree with you burakovsky is interesting play but but he's gonna get paid he's gonna be making six and a half million dollars so that's not even like an option he's gonna get that what about a guy like frank fratrano who (laughs) rangers uh andrew cop 
Oh yeah, Frank Vitrano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Co- Cody Eakin. Yeah, there's guys like there's there's definitely some like reclamation projects here. Cali Yarncrock, you know, he would be a good option for depth. The, the one I would like to see, like Nino Niederreiter, a guy who plays with sandpaper, big body, scores. He'll stay in Carolina. Yeah, I mean, if I was, but well, Carolina also now has to pay. What's his nuts? Um, Kotkaniemi. <laughs> That's stupid. Yeah, contract. no. Oh, Nichushkin's a free agent, but again, he's gonna get that cup, cup. Yeah, paycheck. He he went off in the cup this year, right? Like. That's the thing is like there's guys that are th- I think the guys the Leafs need are there. It's just are they going to have to pay the Toronto tax to get guys to come here or are they going to have to pay you know more than you know what they can on the cap and lose out because they can't pay the extra 500 grand that another team might be giving them. Right? And that's now, it, right? That's the thing the margin of error between their offer and other teams offers is going to be paper thin like you said. Like another team could be like we'll offer you Three hundred thousand dollars more, and Lisa will be like, "We can't match that." <laughs> the Leafs may just say, "We'll give you the extra year." That's all. That's possible. Yeah. But like, I also think there's an allure to there, there, there's that issue. But conversely, there's the you get to play with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Yeah, I mean, a Hart Trophy winner, Ted Lindsay Award winner, and the Rocket top Richard. winner in the NHL. That's yeah, first uh, first team All Star, Mitch Marner. That's. It's quite uh, and a Calder candidate and Michael Bunting runner-up Calder yeah. runner-up. You know, there's a know. lot. There's there's both. There's two ends to it. There's the financial cap constraint side, and then there's the chance to play with. Argue, like I mean, it's you know a long way off, but I think we can say that he's kind of down the path of arguably the greatest Leaf ever, or getting close to there. And then you know, arguably going to be the greatest American-born player ever. You know, so there's something to their greatness attracts guys, right? So, yeah, I mean, Pat Maroon left St. Louis to go to Tampa, right? Like he could have stayed in St. Louis after winning a cup, chose to go to Tampa, won two more. Like, I mean, you're right. Like greatness does attract greatness. So, you know, Tampa hadn't won their cup at that point. So, you know, but they were a dominant team. Leafs were were pretty dominant in the regular season this year. Maybe they do attract some of those, you know, cup pedigree type guys, knowing that hey, this is my my chance to to do it again. The one who I think is an interesting idea, and I don't think the Maple Leafs have the money to do it, but I think for any team that goes after him, it'll be an interesting play. Is a Vander Kane, who yeah. see. On paper, made like two point one million dollars last year after his actual contract got terminated by the Sharks. So it's like there's that, right? Like he was making seven million dollars a season, and then he was such an issue, and they had him under control for another four years. Like, nah, we don't want this guy anymore. And then he became one of the most um, dominant players in the NHL during that time when he was with Edmonton for like the last, you know two or three months of the season. He put up on like a 40-goal pace. He's going to want right? $7 million. Well, He's going to want no, his here's old the contract. Thing. What's going to happen is, depending on how that gets resolved between San Jose and him, if it's in his favor and he's making $6 million, he may be more likely to take a pay cut to go to another team 
and have an opportunity to win. If he doesn't get it, then he's going to look more like to cash in on whoever's going to pay the most for his services. That is a team that could be in the playoffs next year. To be honest, I would like to believe you if that was anybody but Evander Kane. That man needs another seven million to gamble with. They, like if he can if he can add to his bankroll, he he absolutely will. And there's teams that'll pay it. You don't think the Montreal Canadiens are licking their chops, thinking about I like I think they're looking at like how can we move Josh Anderson to bring in Evander Kane because you know like Anderson's great, but he's a he's a north south type guy, right? Evander Kane offers you significantly more than Josh Anderson does. So, you know, I, I would imagine Montreal would be licking their chops to to give him $7 million. I think the first. Vancouver Canucks will be licking their chops. 100%. Oh, yeah. money too. But they need, they need to move money. Again, they're going to have to, they're strapped, they're cap strapped. So they're going to have to move money out. Same with the Leafs. The Leafs can get Evander Kane tomorrow if they want to. They're going to have to move Muzzin, Hall, Kerfoot, to do it because they're going to have to replace those players too with the money that they move out to make Evander Kane work. So, and again, Evander Kane's not playing on the third line. So where does he play first line? Well, bunting already has chemistry with Matthews. Do you want to, there's your second line. There's your second line left wing to play with Tavares and Nylander, right? Yeah. But at $7 million, I mean, no, well, that's the thing. Like, that, I, I'm not saying the money would ever work for the Maple Leafs, but I'm just saying, in general, I think but that's going to be an interesting of... story to watch this offseason is where he ends up. But again, yeah. if you had the opportunity, if you to if you have Nylander or Vander Kane after what you saw in the playoffs, who do you take? I'd take Nylander all day. Really? You I will take, take Nylander all day. Better mm. than the guy who's one of the best performing playoff performers in the last hundred years, and, uh, no, but the Nylander guy actually performed pretty well in the playoffs. But the guy like, who doesn't skate, play, the guy, the guy who gave up on icings. Okay, yes, there was a lot of times where Nylander wasn't great. I, I'm not denying the, that. The, the problem is, is, is pain brings you grit as well as skill. By taking crazy he does, pills, but Nylander is also four years younger, and he's not a proven headache that Kane has been. Okay, but I'm saying all things considered, I'm saying the the Edmonton Oilers. Evander Kane versus Toronto Maple Leafs playoffs Nylander. That's that's not fair to compare them like that. Let me take the very best. That's the of most this guy recent memory. Of this guy. That's Which the most recent want? memory. I mean, sure, it's I would say that their, their overall actual numbers, like playoff wise and whatever, are probably fairly similar. But Kane's not a pussy. I I don't think that's fair. No, it's entirely fair. We watched it. Nylander no, is I, afraid. I think I, the, the headache that Kane does bring you, though, I mean, now you're wondering what's going to happen that may cause you to not have that player available to you. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And this happens in football all the time, right? Like, they will go out and get the headache. With, with Everyone hopes that they're... Sean Watson. Yeah, they're the... <laughs> right? They're the... Uh, How many teams did uh, Antonio Brown play for that one year? Right. Like, everyone, I mean, everyone thinks that they're the solution. Brown dragon, we, have, you know? we have Tom Brady. <laughs> It'll be fine. Tom, right. We're, we're chasing... It's like chasing... We're chasing Antonio Brown. Uh, you know, everyone thinks they're the Tom... Like Tom Brady... If Tom Brady wasn't the solution for Antonio Brown, listen. But there was little... They had nothing but positive things to say about Kane and Edmonton. You know... He he played well in the McDavid dynamic. You know, maybe it's better that he's not the guy, one, two, or, you know, maybe he's better at the three, four guy. 
You know, he's never been that. He's always been one or two everywhere he's gone. Um, you know, maybe he plays better buried behind some of these guys. But then, to your point, if you're a four or five guy on the team, you're not getting $7 million, right? Like, if your role is to be the third or fourth scoring option, that's a $5.5 million gig. So, I don't know, man. He's, again, he's very much like Naz, Right? And that you're saying that's what this team needs. So if you oh, gave I'm not, me... Okay, I'm not denying that the Leafs would greatly benefit from having Evander Kane on the team. I just think that... <laughs> I, I say this Juice to myself. Worth the, the, the potential problems yeah. outweigh the benefit. And I understand that, right? But all things removed, and I know that's unfair to say, the Leafs are a better team swapping those two players out. At this current point in time. In 2022-2023, swapping those two players out, if he was uh, an angel of a person, charity work instead of gambling, <laughs> uh, then they're a better team. And I, I, would, I would surmise that 98% of hockey people would say that. And if you don't, you're probably Swedish. And you just you have six 20 Nylander jerseys in your closet. <laughs> But again, we're also saying, like, let's remove all the negative right. connotation towards... And let's not even talk about on the ice and, like, the team and in the room. We're also talking about the PR nightmare it would yeah. be to bring There's in... questions. Van- there- like, we're, we, we shit on the... Now, I know it's a very different situation, but we shit on the Cleveland Browns on the regular on this show. And specifically for bringing in a guy that they know is a problem... And again, I know, entirely different scenario, and one is a significantly bigger issue than the other, but the Browns went out and did not care about what the optics would look like for doing something like this. The Maple Leafs would be in the same situation. If you're bringing in Vander Kane, you know there's an issue with the... You know there had been issues in the past with this player. Is it worth the risk to give but, away a guy who hasn't been a problem to you in any way, if, other than yeah, there's times where he hasn't played as the hard contract as you may have wanted him to. And the contract holdout was a problem. But that's, I mean, that's just, a, no, that's just business, that's, man. Like, yeah, that's like, guys do but that all the time. There's if no, there's Drew Doughty did it, and then he won won a Norris in a cup. If there's any franchise that could straighten Evander Kane out, do you think it's no. this franchise? No, absolutely not. They haven't won shit. He would be like, "You haven't won shit. You need me here to do it." Right, that's like fair. that's his mindset. Now, if he goes to a team and like I, I again, it's just easy to say this. If he goes to a team like Colorado or Tampa or St. Louis, where they have the leadership in place, guys that have been there and won, then they can be like, you sit down, you shut your mouth, you play the game. Yeah, I mean, St. Louis is actually an interesting option because I think you know both them and Tarasenko have mutually yeah. wanted to part ways for a long time. I think he goes to Boston. That's also intriguing. You know, Bergeron still hasn't really committed. I don't know. Committed. Uh, you know, Marshawn's out till at the earliest December. Same with McAvoy. What's, what's their you know, cap that situation? They're going to need something there. So, I mean, I, I I would not be surprised if he does go to Boston. He fits the mold of what Boston is, right? And that that would give them a lot of punch. Taylor Hall, Vander Kane. They have they have two point three million in cap space now. You're right, guys will probably hit the LTIR, but then those guys are going to come off. So they would have to 
But you also have to remember, Jake, Jake DeBrusque's money is going to be gone too. Right. So that's four million. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a scenario they go right to the cap, and, and they could offer him six three. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just saying it's it's an intriguing destination for him because if if there was ever a player that you could be like I could see in a Bruins jersey, it would be him. But man, I would like that's. You know, again, when we're talking about, I mean, we're all in consensus, I think, of what this team needs. Again, the the Naz comparison, right? Like, man, a, a guy who could score at that clip if if he was just could be, could be could keep his nose out of trouble and, and garbage, you know. But I don't. I mean, I, guy's gonna be a dad again, or he's recently a dad again with somebody like he's, you know, he's gonna need money for kids. <laughs> Uh, Again, it's I, an interesting. It's yeah. an interesting conversation that, that I mean, there's a whole list of free agents that we can go through and predict where we think they're going to end up, and maybe that's something we do next week where we come up with like five a names. Free agent say, preview. Yeah. Here's someone I think will go here, and someone I think will go there, and we'll compare and we'll make a whole list and we'll see how we score out. Um, but we did also do something similar to that at the beginning of the playoffs, and I would like to give you the updated scores and the final scores actually. So as we know. The Colorado Avalanche are now Stanley Cup champions, and they won in six games. Maddie's guess was Avalanche in seven. Now, remember, we said we were doubling points here. So instead of one and two points, it's now two and four points. So Maddie gets two points for getting Avalanche right, but the games are wrong. That gives him a total of 16 points. James, you said Tampa in six. That ah. gives you zero points. So you are down to 10 points. Or you remain at 10 points, I should say. And then me, I said Avalanche and six. So I so get you, four you points. <laughs> you beat me. Giving me 13 points <laughs> and moving me into second place. So uh, the good news is, even if we I didn't... Won. <laughs> that's the good well, news. That's... <laughs> uh, the good news james um even if we didn't double points since i got it avalanche in six i would have had two points anyways and i had nine you going in by one so in. either way i i, I would have beat you anyways yeah oh that's good news yeah <laughs> <laughs> the good news is just, you still well, you're still a loser <laughs> you say don't blame yourself for doubling yeah. the points nah it's all good yo that was even me who said double it give you guys a chance that's true right but no we're gonna have to do that for baseball to come you know september ball and october ball yep we will do it for all the major playoffs and perhaps next week for free, agents. uh, free agency as well that'd Maybe be kind of cool up. we could do yeah, a draft some we guesses could do of where we think some guys are going to go make a list of not even five make a list of like three predictions of this yeah. person will sign here for this amount of money in this amount of term yeah, yeah that'd be cool yeah, well, no, five but, guys is good. Let's do five. I mean, sure. I just think it's going to be a long conversation if we're talking about 15 players. No. Make it short. You have not even a minute. You have a minute to talk about your player and where they're going. Yeah, okay. You have All five right. minutes, and we'll, we'll have each of us time it and just say you have five minutes to make your cases for your guys. Yeah, allocate each, your time as necessary. Each round is, uh, is three minutes. We go. All we right. can either do a draft. Five players... Five players it is, and uh, that f- that's fitting because there's five players that just went into the Hall of Fame today, or at least got uh, elected to the Hall of Fame. Uh, those players being Roberto Luongo, Daniel Sedin, Henrik Sedin, 
Daniel Alfredson. And this one I had to look up. I'm like, I don't know who this is, but it turns out it's a, a female Finnish player. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I, I I excuse myself for not knowing who uh, uh, Rinka Selenin, Selenin is. I'm, I'm sorry, I badly butched your name. I know, Rinka, you listen to our show, so I apologize. And uh, finally, uh, Herb Carnegie also was inducted as a builder as well. But mm-hmm. I guess like the conversation for most people is going to be uh, two things. One, that entire leadership group from the, from the Vancouver Canucks of Luongo, your captain, and Henrik and Daniel as your alternates, like that entire leadership group is going to Hall of Fame. That's pretty cool. And Daniel Alfredson, I think for all of us as Maple Leafs fans, I think we'll always remember him for a couple things. One, having clown hair, and two, pretending to throw his stick into the crowd. Well, I'm yeah. shooting the puck at Scott Niedermeyer. Do you remember that in the yeah, final? Yeah. But no, that's like... Uh, I mean, I just... For a guy who... Uh, I mean, he stuck around there for as long as he possibly could in Ottawa. And he could have gotten out way sooner. So, like, props to him to stick around in that shithole of an organization for so long. Um, because, you know, yeah, he finished off in Detroit, but... I mean, he could have left way earlier than that. Um, now, as like you said, a Leaf fan, I will firmly remember in those Ottawa teams that would dust us in the season and then we would absolutely dummy in the playoffs. You know, so <clears throat> like, I mean, remember I'll- that. Remember when the Leafs would win games in the playoffs? Oh, I, I remember. <laughs> member Berries. Member? <laughs> I remember. But, uh, yeah, like, <clears throat> like I'll always remember Alfredson as the head of the, you know, the snake fandom of Ottawa to me, right? Like, that's what I'll remember him. And for the Sedins, it's like, would they go in in any other way but together? You know, like, you, what can, you could not did. take one without taking the other. <laughs> what if, though? What if, sorry. They're like man. a Twix bar. <laughs> you know? They come together. It is it is interesting like how linked those guys are. And I don't know if we'll ever see that again in professional sports. Absolutely not. Where no. you have a pair of brothers, twin brothers, who were drafted was it was one two when they were drafted, right? If it wasn't one no, two, two, it was like two three consecutive picks. No, it two, was. Three. Have you heard the story of that? I know it involved Brian Burke yeah. and them. He finagled he together. finagled so he, much to make that happen. He fleeced and he worked so many people to get that deal to get those two guys it's unreal it's a long story there's a lot of details to it i know it in like the high level overall terms but like the actual nuances of it it bears some like going back which i guarantee you is going to come up in their in the hall of fame video and discussion about these two that story will come up but um yeah we'll never see that again there's no way and Ooh. roberto luongo man his, his contract sucks that's you know, that's Dude, one quote we'll always remember him for. That that draft that the Sedins were drafted in, holy shit, was it a terrible fucking draft. After Stefan, bro, going first overall. Missing Pavel, empty nets. Pavel Brendel was number four. Remember how everyone thought he was going to be big, massive to the Rangers? Then Tim Connolly. Or maybe Tim Connolly. Oh, oh yeah. Y- Yanni Reed. Like, dude, name the people in this first round. Barrett Jackman. Was seventeenth. That was no, it was Rick. Um, I know, but I'm just 
Nick Boynton was in the first round. Lucas Serrata went to Toronto. The the only other good player in I guess Boynton had a, a good career, but the only other like really good player in that list in the first round was Martin Havlat, who went yeah, like the only, really late in that round. The only guy to score over five hundred points other than Sedin's in in that round. Tim Connolly got to four thirty one. Um, yeah, and even Martin if you look ha- again, through, yeah, Martin Havlat was the only other guy, and that was if like you pick twenty six or whatever. So look through the rest of the draft, it, like in later rounds, Mike Comrie, Chris Kelly, uh, yeah, Ryan Malone popped up at some point later in the in the draft. Yeah. Uh, you eventually get Martin Erat. Martin Erat had a really good career, <laughs> if you think yeah. about it. Yeah, on on uh, yeah, he was on those pretty successful Nashville teams. Oh, Hendrick Zetterberg. If you take like round seven and match up round seven versus round one, it's just it's a as better good. round. Verbata no. and Zetterberg. Uh, Verbata. Yo, Martin Erat, maybe one of the worst trades ever because it was Martin Erat for Philip Forsberg. Oof. Who was Forsberg? And that's why who, Forsberg is an actual predator. Was, was he on Pittsburgh? No, it was Martin Erat who was in Nashville. Who got traded to Washington? Washington, for yes, for Philip Forsberg. Yes. Oh, terrible, terrible. Man, that's a bad deal. There's so many bad deals. Like, if we could go back and do the top five worst deals in the NHL, but that one was bad. Well, they'd all be tied at top five. There's so many. But anyway. Yeah, I know. But yeah, the Deans, like, that's really cool. Um, and and again, in the builders category, Carnegie, he's going in. Um, and the really cool thing is the Carnegie Arena in Toronto, which used to be the old North York Centennial Arena, mm-hmm. renamed one of the best arenas you will ever skate in. Beautiful arena. ever. The, it's some of the best ice you will ever see, you will ever touch, you will ever skate on. And the guy's no longer there, but the guy there used to be the best skate sharpener in the city. It's a hockey Maybe. player's rink too. Like it's not an arena; yeah. it's a rink. Um, yeah, and it it smells like a rink. It feels like a rink. It's cold. Um, it's it it's has the like the the seats where it's like you could get like a couple thousand people in there. Like it was really cool. It was like when you hear traditional barn for hockey, it's that arena. And the Leafs used to practice there in the seventies yeah. and eighties. So it's yeah, it's real cool. I have a problem with the the nhl hall of fame sometimes i sometimes feel like and i get listen alfredson well, has it, a thousand it is the hockey hall of fame to be fair sorry hockey hall of fame i have a i feel like it's the loosest hall of fame in pro sports okay hold on. <laughs> i'm glad you qualified that with pro sports go on <laughs> uh it feels sometimes they let anybody in um well, given you McGillney's know, not in there yet, the right like I would like what were McGillney's numbers? Oddly, um, for a time. But well, I feel like sometimes like on it's and just off like, the ice. <laughs> yeah, McG- <laughs> McGillney was pulling his weight. Um, he had, McGillney had over a thousand points in three hundred less games than Alfredson, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. And both of them ain't one shit. Yep. It's so because Alfredson was the face of Ottawa, and that's did why Alfredson, he went. Did, did McGillney win a win cup? A gold medal at some point. He did win one with Sweden. Did McGillney win a cup with Turin. New Jersey? It was Turin. Maybe he wasn't on that team, and I'm making that up. 
but I thought he. No, did. I'm I'm pretty sure he was, and I think Sundin was the captain of that Sweden team, and I think they won in Turin. Because that was the year, like we came out of Salt Lake, we went into Turin, and dude, Canada had a hockey summit. Dude, McGillney was an All Star in ninety two, ninety three, ninety four, ninety six, two thousand one, two thousand three. Stanley Cup champion in 2000 with the with the Devils. Goal scoring leader in 93 tied with Solani. World Junior Championships. Uh, Buffalo Sabres Hall of Fame. 83 on the greatest Maple Leafs of all time. 83. And they're all time. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but still and not in the Hall of Fame, but Daniel Alfredson is. Alfredson so correction. Alfredson did win a gold in turn, but got the silver in Sochi. McGillian's got a cup. That's what I mean. Sometimes it, the Hockey Hall of Fame throws me off, man. I feel like, again, there's some very weird exclusions. Um, and what McGillie did as part of the defectors, you know, was really big for that time. I mean, paved the way for guys like Malkin and, you know, so it's, it's I don't know. I sometimes, like, in baseball, there's a very distinct wall to get into to baseball like you have yeah, to have had steroids. yeah well that's one of them and don't and don't bet on the sport either right yeah. but and in football you know like i feel like there's also a very distinct level of achievement you have to make to get into the football hall of fame yeah you know it's not like they're letting andy dalton in do you know what i mean or chad pennington like chad pennington's not going to make it to the football hall of fame that would be you know the equivalent of a daniel alfredson to me but like, you know, I think you're, you're, there's like residual Maple Leafs hate you have in your heart right now for Daniel Alfredson. No, I mean, ne- neither Luongo nor the Sedins won championships. I don't think championships are. So this is the this is the debate, right? Like, does championships make a difference in terms of Hall it's, of Fame selection? It's we tough because, like you said, it's the Hockey Hall of Fame, so this encompasses international. So international yes. accomplishments do matter. Luongo carried that Team Canada in Vancouver on his back after Broder shit the bed. So yeah. we have to keep that in mind as well. And he was also like that Vancouver Cup final team that was on his back as well. So there is accomplishments there. So let's yeah. predicate that. Well, I, yeah, but there are guys who have greater accomplishments, arguably, that aren't there. Um, and sometimes it, it it's a bit of a head scratcher. And I, I get do like think also gets in next year. I hope so. I also understand that it's uh, you go in as yourself, so it's individual uh, accomplishments. But I would be remiss to say that in every other Hall of Fame discussion, people ask how many rings. So. You know, NBA Hall of Fame, how many rings? MLB, how many World Series? Like, it's always, like, that's always part of the discussion in every single one. It, and for some reason, like, Doug Gilmore's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. I love Doug Gilmore. Does Doug Gilmore belong in the Hockey Hall of Fame? He won a cup. He, he did win a cup with yeah, the, the Flames. Yeah. But that's what I mean, right? I don't know. It's a tough- I, I see your point. I, no, I, I think the you're right. I think there needs to be a clear definition of what makes you or, a Hall or of some fame consistency. Like that wall has everybody. You go into the Hockey Hall of Fame, you you could the, the wall it has everybody. So, I mean, it feels like almost if you played the game and you weren't like a fighter, then you made it. You know, like Morgan Riley will probably be a Hockey Hall of Famer. 
<laughs> you know, so fuck. I mean, he very well could be. Right? I mean, they, they win a cup, he's in. Oh, they win a that cup, they'll put the fucking, in. they'll put the fans, they, they'll put, they'll be like, they'll take everyone's name, and they'll be like, what's your name? Yeah, you're going in. Anybody who's within 100 yards of that arena will yep, end up they in will take, game. They'll even take Brian Burke, and they'll throw him in there just for yep. drafting John Ferguson, Morgan Riley. Whatever, anybody in the they'll last take, 100 years. They'll even take former coaches like Paul Maurice, who oh, actually Mike Babcock is... will get in there. No, it was Dustin Segway. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying. So Paul Maurice has a new job. Um, he's now the head coach of the Florida Panthers, which, okay. And obviously, uh, Andrew Burnett is no longer a uh, head coach. I don't, was he, is Andrew Burnett ever named officially the head coach or was he still had the interim tag the whole way around? Interim I, I don't, tag. I don't know. It's like, I thought he was the interim coach. I don't know if he was ever named officially the head coach. I could be wrong. Maybe someone will fact check me as I'm trying to set this up. So, uh, Brunette is out as head coach of the Florida Panthers, which already is weird if you think about how successful the Panthers were last year. Uh, they won the President's Trophy. Um, of course, yes, they did lose second round to the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, but so did everyone job. else in the <laughs> Eastern Conference. He lost his job it's in not four games. If, like, he lost his job everyone in four has, games. Say it again, I, I missed that. He said he lost his job in four games. And yeah, in those four losses, that was it. And whether you think that's fair or not, that's fine, I guess. But I think it's a little strange. Uh, the other strange part of this is like the whole thing with Paul Maurice in Winnipeg, where like he just said, peace out, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and I just, I, I assumed that meant he was retiring. Like he's like, you know what? I don't, want, I don't want to be a coach anymore. I just want to go see my family. I've done this for enough years. I have enough money. I don't need to do this anymore. See you later. And now he's going to Florida? He sniffed something in that water. You know, from that team, he saw something. Whether it was how the guys interact with each other, whether it was the way management's kind of waiting to gear the team, Things like that. And you really noticed it when Dustin Bufflin didn't come back. And he's like, you know what? I'm done. You know? Um, that's that, I, that to me showed the beginning and the end of that team as constituted as, you know, a really, really good potentially contending team. Um, yes, they did kind of stay decent for a little bit after, but... Man, I, I just think he, as a coach, probably saw, one, guys were tuning out, and two, maybe some infighting with some players. Guys just didn't click. They didn't like each other, you know, whatever it was. And he's like, before this hits ahead and just absolutely explodes, I'm just going to, if it's me, you know, it's already going downhill before they can either fire me or before it gets to that point where the questions started rising about should I be, he's like, I'm just going to take off take my time, understand that at the end of the year, I'm going to have some suitors for coaching gigs. There's going to be some good teams that maybe flamed out in the playoffs I can look at and whatever. So I think he just got ahead of everything, to be honest. I mean, if you're Paul Maurice and you watch the way that Winnipeg kind of has been managed, I don't, I don't know that, like, it's, it's just like, 
plain oatmeal. Like, it's just the same shit. Like, they... They don't... They don't make improvements, like, in the way that they need to make improvements. They just find the same guy to fill the spot. And, you know, you can only... You can only beat that drum for so long, I imagine. And, and, you know, before you're like... Like, maybe you feel like your words don't mean anything to that group anymore. And also, like, if I'm him and I, I see... You know, we're trading Patrick Liney for Pierre-Luc Dubois. I'm thinking, you know, what the hell have we got going on? Like, they had a lot of guys that that can do what Pierre-Luc Dubois does from from uh, a skill set perspective. There aren't a lot of guys with the with a shot like Liney. Now, like Liney is not a 200 foot player, but did they need him to be? The Winnipeg's full of 200 feet players. I don't know. It's uh, that, that that trade still looks weird to me because it's not like Liney is tearing it up in Columbus. So, like, if I'm Paul Maurice, I'm looking back, like, Shevel Dayoff was involved in the Kyle Beach thing. You know, it's there's just, it's like a lot of noise. And for what, right? Like, you know, and then Florida opens up, which is also really fucking weird because Joel Quinville was involved in the Kyle Beach thing. And Andrew Burnett weathered that storm really admirably and took the Florida Panthers. Like, now, all things considered, the Florida Panthers were also the number one comeback team in the NHL, coming back from significant multiple goal deficits multiple times throughout the year. So there might be a little bit of snake oil uh, karma going on with that team. But like, if you're Paul Marie, why wouldn't you take a chance to to jump to the President's Trophy winner? Like, even if you're kind of half in, half out, like it's it's almost if you can figure out the power play in a playoff game, it's almost like a free ticket to the, to the cup potentially like they have the Florida Panthers have full intentions to re-sign Claude Giroux. You know, they want, they, they can move on from Bobrovsky if they want to. I'm sure there's a team out there. will take Bobrovsky. Except yeah, Chicago needs a goalie. Right. So the, the Leafs would take Bobrovsky at half retained. Yeah. So they're not going to deal within the division, but considering they're probably destined to be playoff dance partners at some point. So it's, you know, good for Maurice though. It's a good situation for him. I think like, it doesn't sound like that team seems to get along. Huberto's fantastic. Good ownership. Like that's a good spot. That's a good landing spot for him. And poor Winnipeg losing out on the Barry, like losing out on Barry Trotz. I'm pretty sure they offered him a contract and he sat on it. Like my, my brother was saying before the show. And then, well, I know they offered him a contract and turned it down, but it's pretty clear as day that he sat on it. <laughs> and then was like, yeah. nah, I'm good. And other guys went elsewhere and now they're, they're left without a dance partner. Yeah. He really kind of shafted them potentially on that one. You know, with they could have been on a really good coaches like Cassidy or DeBoer, who arguably your top two choices kind of as of now in the off season. Um, you know, we don't know who else is available, but you know, if he sat on that and was like, Oh, humming and hawing and they were like, Oh, you know, he's a Winnipeg boy. He'll come around. Or even if he led them on, he's like, guys, just give me some time, you know, but like I'm leaning towards signing this. And then all of a sudden he just changes his mind and just shafted them huge. Man, like that's just another asterisk on that team because 
you know, like you said, the way that team's managed and they're just plain oatmeal. You know, there's the the players played with absolutely zero desire this year. Like I haven't seen I've seen teams that are really bad, but the guys that are playing, they're still busting their ass. You know, they're working hard, they're they're playing for jobs to say I deserve to be an NHL player still, even though I'm on this team, they're auditioning almost for other teams. The guys on Winnipeg just are like Hey guys, you know, it's Tuesday night. Let's, you know, we're playing the Devils. Let's just get in, get out, and, you know, we'll all meet at the bar after or some shit. That's what it felt like. Except for that game in December where they celebrated beating the Leafs like it was the fucking the Stanley Cup. Cup. Like, Didn't the Leafs dummy them, like, the gate, yeah. like, the next time they played them? Oh, yeah. Like, 6 nothing or, like, 5-1 or something. Fucking morons. Yeah. So, like, you know, whatever. If that's, if that's what it takes for them to feel good about their life cool story because you know boys they went zero places this year so i don't know talking about winnipeg i just feel like you know my my life like color loses its vibrancy and food loses its taste and things don't smell as sweet in the world so i don't know let's move on from winnipeg well it's kind of like looking at the blue jays bullpen and just being devastated by the sight of it and they are clearly in need of some help on the back end for that team and that is why it looks like they're signing Sergio Romo uh, at least according to uh, John I was looking for who actually said this is New York Post John Heyman uh, is reporting this that the Blue Jays are about to sign veteran right-hander Sergio Romo um, Romo is fine I guess he had an ERA about north of eight at one point this season and was let go by, I believe it was the giants that he was playing with earlier this year. Uh, whomever it may be, it doesn't matter who it was. It was the giants. Okay. Um, it's a sad state of affairs for the blue Jays. If this is the road they're going down now, it's always possible that they sprinkle some Pete Walker dust on him, and he is magically returned to, the Romo form that he used to be at one point in his career. But man, does it look like they need some help and there is clearly no one ready in the minors at this point. Is there dude has Pete Walker dust ran out though? Like if you're not working on Kikuchi, is it? Well, here's the thing though. It might work on Kikuchi if he didn't have to focus on Berrios and Gossman as well. Like that's the problem is he, I feel like Pete's spread pretty fucking thin right now. There, he has to address every single guy. You know, you said on the back end, the front end too. The whole, the whole Jays pitching staff, which was weirdly their saving grace at the beginning of the season, is now gone entirely south while the bats heated up. And it feels like this with every Toronto team. Like nothing ever clicks together. Like we never have firing on all cylinders. It never happens. You know, something is always awry. And the Jays, the bats are cold, the pitching's hot. The pitching's hot, the bats are cold. Uh, pitching's hot, bats are okay, defense sucks. Like, it's just always something. I'm Sergio Ramo is, sounds like uh, a warm body that they can trust to be a professional MLB pitcher. <laughs> I mean... He's an arm. Right? Like, he's an arm that existed and played... He was good at one point, really good. 
I mean, he did the whole thing where he took off his pants to get checked. Like that, he was pretty popular for that. So, uh, um, just a correction: it wasn't the Giants; it was the Seattle Mariners they played for this year. Doesn't matter. But yes, he was the guy who took his pants off. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in hilarity, the the umpire laughed. Like it wasn't a dick move. It was uh, it was pretty funny, and everyone had a good time. Uh, you're right. It's concerning that the Jays have no arms that they believe in um, from a minor league standpoint at this point to come in and make a difference. Uh, and it's funny, people laughed at me saying that the bullpen, I said the bullpen was going to be an issue for this team. I got laughed out of the building. Um, it's, it's, it's very frustrating because it shouldn't, it shouldn't be this way for this team at this point. But, you know, here we are. We paid Barrios the money. Gossman the money, you know, I, I wasn't sold on Ryu finishing the season. So that's about where I thought he'd be. I mean, Stripling's been serviceable, you know, just those guys in the bullpen outside of Romano and Simber have been disastrous. But what is crazy about this Blue Jays team is that, yeah, the pitching isn't there, but the offense is turning it around, and that's evident by the the all-star ballot right now, where a lot of Blue Jays are going to be starters on this team. So if you look at the American League, so as of today, the today when we record is Monday night, uh, June 27th. As of today, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has 1.6 million votes as the starting first baseman. The next best total is Ty France, who has about half that. So Vlad Jr. is going to be the leading. Uh, he's going to be starting first baseman. Second base, Jose Altuve is leading with 1.1 million votes. Santiago Espinal is second place with 940,000. Santiago Espinal probably won't be the starter, but he will be on the all-star team. Certainly so, that one, though. Absolutely. But like at the beginning of the season, there's no way. No. A lot of us didn't even think that Espinal would have been on the team. Like That was Bichette's role. Or excuse me, not Bichette. That was Bijou's role that... Espinal just stole from him because he's been playing so well. Third base, uh, Chapman's in third place. He won't make it. He's not even close. He's like, Devers has 1.1 million. Uh, Ramirez has 1.2 million. So there's no chance Chapman makes the All-Star game and shouldn't make the All-Star game. So that's fine. If you go to shortstop, though, first place shortstop, Bo Bichette with one, just over 1 million votes. Uh, Tim Anderson is at second place with 840,000 votes. Bo Bichette's going to be your starting shortstop for the American League. In the outfield, they take three starters and then three reserves. Aaron Judge, obviously, the guy's having a monster season. It's first with 2.4 million votes. Then he got Mike Trout with 2.1 million votes. Then you have George Springer with a million votes, who is going to be the third starter as of right now. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton is right behind him with 814,000. So he needs another 200,000 votes in the next couple of weeks to make that happen. Uh, then Taylor Ward and then Lourdes Gurriel Jr., is the last the last one, and at six hundred seventy two thousand votes, uh, just below him is Teoscar Hernandez at six sixty two. Now Byron Buxton's at six twenty nine, so it's possible that Buxton can jump over both of them at some point throughout the next couple of weeks. But as of right now, it is possible you'll see either Guriel or Teoscar. Oh wait, hold on, I forgot about I forgot about our boy Alejandro Kirk. Alejandro Kirk has one point eight million votes. He has more votes than. Vladdy Guerrero does. People like a tubby, 
People like a tubby smiling guy that has trouble running the bases. And also has monster batting seasons. Oh, he, he's by far the best catcher in the league right now. So he is deservingly going to be the starter for the All-Star game. So Kirk, starting Remember, at catcher. Pitcher, pitchers? Pitchers, you don't get to vote on. Oh. Yeah, so pitchers will just be selected by the league, I imagine. But uh, Alejandro Kirk is going to be your starting catcher. You are going to have George Springer as a starter on the All-Star game. Plus, you're going to have at least Teoscar or Gurriel as a reserve. Then you're going to have Bo Bichette as a starter. Then you're going to have, uh, who did Espinal I miss? Santiago Espinal will be a reserve, and then Vladdy will be a starter. So you're going to have four starting Blue Jays on this all-star team, plus two reserves. I don't think that, even in the 93, 94 days, I don't know if that ever happened. You know what? This just says, don't be those douchebags that are like, well, like, go to Twitter, as we've seen, who are like, don't let these undeserving players get into the all-star game. You know, we got to vote, like vote for these guys, vote for buddy. Like I get, you get pissed off and salty that there's a whole fucking country behind them, but isn't that awesome that there's a whole fucking country behind them? Well, I mean, it, that doesn't really matter. Like the, the population of Canada is probably the same population as Los Angeles. Is it like, very true. Yeah. Very true. The, the size of the country is irrelevant in terms like the market size is still the same. They're just, a, they're a big market team and they're a big market team that is in a playoff position. And a lot of their players are legitimately the best players in this list. Like there isn't a better first baseman in the American league than Vladimir Guerrero or catcher and then Kirk. There isn't a better catcher in major league baseball right now, the way he's been playing than Alejandro Kirk. Is there a better second baseman than Santiago Espinal? Right now, Altuve has the votes, but Altuve is a cheater. He's a cheaty cheaterton, and I don't like him. So he's a cheater. Cheat. He's a cheater cheatington. Uh, I guess yeah, you could I, also I, argue that uh, George Springer is too. But yeah, whatever. right. But I don't know. I think like I think it's cool, and I think a lot of that is expectation versus what's been delivered so far. Cause obviously the aspirations of this team going into the season were extremely high and we could maybe argue that it hasn't necessarily lived up to that. But I mean, as a fan of the team living in the city, you love to see it. Right. And if they, as long as fan votes exist for sports and all-star teams, there might be guys that statistically deserve to get in ahead of other guys, but if the fan base shows up to vote, and ultimately that's who the All-Star Game is for, is for the fans and for the sponsors, that's what matters. Right? So that's the way I look at it. We all remember the year in the NHL when fucking Zemgis Gergensens got in to the goddamn All-Star Game because everyone thought it was hilarious that, you know, let's vote this fucking third line center into the nhl all-star game and they completely revamped their voting system meaning that they had guys you could vote for and it was a pool of players you could vote for for like each spot and you couldn't do write-ins anymore Dude, wasn't there john someone scott. else and john scott john scott john scott yes okay that's what i was thinking of immediately with john scott yeah i think so, it, it became essentially the john scott rule yeah so they rejigged everything but Granted, like this isn't the same thing, but again, like I said, if the All-Star game isn't about the sport in the traditional sense, that it's about celebrating the sport for the fans, if the fans turn out to vote for their players, 
That's who the fans want to see. Yeah. Right. And we can't say that's exclusively to the Toronto market. There's probably guys that are sitting in other markets. They're like, hey, you know, I I really like Vladdy. I like his moxie. I like I like the cut of his jib. I want to see him in the All-Star game. And Dude, he's gonna vote for him even though one hundred percent I would vote for Aaron Judge right now. Me too. The guy's quite possibly he may hit he may hit sixty five home runs. Right? Like I voted for Aaron Judge. So you also have to consider that you're not just voting for the players you want to see. You're voting for the best team because Major League Baseball, and people forget this, that Major League Baseball is the only sport where the All-Star game matters. The winner of this game gets home field advantage in the World Series. Yep. So if the Blue Jays go to the World Series, and I, I mean, <laughs> we'll see if that happens, I would like to have home field advantage in that situation. So my vote, I went Vlad at first, Espinal at second, Devers at third. So I'm not taking Chapman just because I'm a Blue Jays fan. I took Bo Bichette at short. I took Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, and Taylor Ward in the outfield. I didn't go Hernandez or Gurriel. I went with Ward. Or Springer. But then I went with went with Kirk. I, I didn't go with Springer. I, I would rather have Trout, Ward, and Judge. And then Kirk, and then I went with Shohei Otani as DH. So... I'm trying to put together the best team yeah. because I, I think it's necessary if you are trying to win the game. Like, it's not just about getting the Blue Jays there, to me at least. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's an exciting time to be a Blue Jays fan from that standpoint because, again, much, much like everything in Toronto, like, and maybe it's we only, we only see it this way because we're so used to that whereas other people see the process through a little more than we have, but, um, or other teams maybe go through this too. And we just don't hear about it because we're not there. We don't notice it. This is indicative that this team is on the cusp of greatness. Um, if they can figure out the arms, they can get some consistency. And like we've said on the show all the time, and I think it's a trending thing in sports. These guys are still young. Um, Sports and the the lifespan or the 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 beginning era of a of a sports star or an athlete is much younger than it was when I was growing up. You know, when I was growing up, guys, especially baseball. I think baseball, out of all the sports, has been late to the party with young players. Um, but that's slowly starting to turn around, uh, and you're seeing the Jays, especially, bucking that trend a little bit with their guys starting at twenty twenty one twenty two. Where normally, you know, they let those guys marinate till they're 25. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're we're seeing a team that's gonna play, hopefully, play together for a long time. And this is indicative that, you know, there's something very special here. The interesting piece, going back to the arms thing and Alejandro Kirk making the All Star game, is by the looks of it, we have uh, we're loaded at catcher right now between Kirk. Jansen, who's before injury for all intents and purposes was playing great as well. And yep. and now Gabe Moreno, who has, I think, proven with his like four hundred batting average or whatever it is, and, and his arm to second is one hundred percent ready to be an MLB catcher. So it's they're I mean they have they now have assets to move for for pitching it's it's who's the odd man out I would imagine because I imagine a catcher is leaving 
I don't think you carry three catchers long term. Out of those three, who would you pick to to say adios? I think except, at this point it's a hundred. Uh, I don't know. I think Moreno's here to stay. So, I, Maddie, I'm with you. That I think that's what I would have done a couple weeks ago. I thought they were going to, and, and things can change because at some point the roster sizes are going to change, and they may be able to carry all three of them. But, and maybe that is what you do temporarily: is sending Moreno back down because you still have options on him, and you roll with Jansen and Kirk. But as the trade deadline approaches, I think they're going to be looking at moving Jansen. And if yeah. they can, and we talked about this last week, I think it makes a lot of sense to move him to the uh, to the Reds. And I don't think it, it, Jansen is enough. You probably have to put Jansen and something to get Castillo. And hopefully they throw in Joey Votto as well, and they're off to the races. So ideally you get that extra starter, you bring in a veteran left bat, and you hope the bullpen works itself out, or maybe that's a subsequent trade later well, on. Bullpen, bullpen uh, help and relief has always kind of come cheap, I think. So I don't think you're too concerned about where you can acquire some bullpen help. Like I'm not as I'm concerned at the bullpen's performance. I'm not concerned at the acquisition of help because I th- I do believe that that comes cheap. It's the rotation that I would be concerned long term if Gosman and Barrios are, are basically crapshoots at this point. Well, Gosman's having a hell of a game today. Yeah, as a recording. So, what's I mean? Crapshoot. Lately, in yeah. the last couple weeks, it's been fifty-fifty for those gents. So, uh, and the other the other thing with Moreno too is yes, you can send him down, but with a guy like that, I I don't. And with as long as as you could potentially have him for, if he's playing well, I don't I don't know that you want to. This was the danger in bringing him up was that either he doesn't perform, and you go you have to send him back down. He's discouraged. But he has performed, and if you have to send him back down, like I'm sure he's old enough and mature enough to understand. Like, listen, it's a numbers game, blah blah blah. You know, it's it's you'll be back up soon. Don't worry. But if I was Gabe, I'd be like, man, I was playing great. Why me? Like, aren't we trying to win? Like, part of me would be every like, guy in baseball goes through it, though. We right. had the same conversation about Vladdy Guerrero, where he was ready, and they're like, nope, you're gonna sit down in Buffalo for another year because. We want Contract. that service time. Yeah, control. It's all about the control and service time, yeah. right? So I think that might be also another consideration with Moreno is that if they do want to keep this core together for a very long time, they're going to need to have the control on these guys. And if they're yeah. burning through a year of his service time while they have two other catchers on the roster, it probably doesn't make sense. And like you said, once the rosters expand, maybe he's called right back up in September, right? Like maybe he's, yeah. he's probably the first fucking phone call they make. So... It's just he's his his arm to second is so good and his plate discipline is far beyond his years. And what's funny is he was never supposed to be a catcher. They signed him and said you're going to be a catcher and he went okay. <laughs> like he was just a ball player. And they saw so much raw talent in him they they molded him into a catcher. And there was even talk in the offseason that they would work him out at third. But I mean Ross Atkins said no, we we like him way too much at catcher. But he did take reps at third base. Uh, and he, apparently he's a pretty decent fielder in general. I mean, with an arm like that, third third seems like another natural position. Like, Russ played third too, didn't he? Yeah. Russ definitely played third in his career, yes. Yeah, so I think if you you're wanted a catcher, to play shortstop for Team Canada at one point. <laughs> well, that yeah, was yeah, a yeah. big sticking point, and it, like, actually 
got kind of testy for a bit. Yeah, I remember that. Right? So, I don't know, like, I think the Votto thing and the Castillo is a bit of a pipe dream. But oh no, I, I'm saying I'm not saying it's going to be exactly Jansen one for those two. I mean, I think Jansen is going to be a centerpiece for a package that goes to them for that. To be honest, they've oh. they've been rumored in on Castillo for a long time, like beyond this season. Um, it's been at least I think at least last season uh, they've been rumored to be on Castillo. Votto makes sense again from the perspective of left-handed bat, veteran presence can be a bit of a head case though. So, but who knows? Maybe being at home helps. Don't shrug your shoulders at headcase when we talk about Evander Kane being a mess, and you're just like, "Well, headcase, that's fine." That's a different situation altogether. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. Um, there's there's a world where I think that they can make that work. I don't I don't think the Reds would turn down Jansen, Groshans, and then reuse contract to make the money work. I don't want to give up Groshans, but yeah, there's no way. I don't. The but you also is have that the Blue when's Groshans going to make this team? They have guys in the pipeline. So if you do have to lose Groshans, which I don't want to do, you but do still do you... have Otto Lopez coming up, who has played a bit Are... this year. Are... Uh, you Elvis do Martinez? still have uh, Orlis Martinez coming yeah. up, who is probably ready this year or maybe even next year. So if they have to move an infielder, it's not the end of the world. That's what I'm saying. Like They can't play all these guys, and Chapman's sign. Bichette's not moving. Espinal's not going anywhere. Like... These guys aren't going anywhere again, and you don't want all of these guys to be utility infielders because it they're better off as trade chips than they are as utility infielders. So they, you know they're not all going to play, and I don't want to lose Groshans either. So maybe it's Lopez, maybe it's Martin. I think Orelvis Martinez has the highest upside out of all of them, but yeah, you know they're, they're trade chips. It's the same with the arms in the past. We never wanted to lose, you know, Syndergaard or. Who was the other one? Like I'm sure, you know, Gunnar Hoagland was. Uh, I mean, Travis Darno. Tra- Travis Darno, look at him, right? But you gotta, you gotta deal from from your area of surplus to acquire oh. things you don't have. Aaron Sanchez is another one. Um, who else? Who is that pitcher that did really well and we sent off to Detroit? It was Sanchez, wasn't we? Kept Sanchez. Was it Norris? Daniel Josh Norris or Daniel Norris? That's it. The guy yeah, who lived up, in the band? Yeah. He ended up doing all right for a bit in Detroit. So Yeah, but I mean it's yeah. like, like pitchers are and there's so many guys you have in your in your organization and pitchers are a dime a dozen. And that's, that's what happens when you have thirty rounds of drafting. Yeah. <laughs> and sure, there's there's some guys who turn out and you're like, ah, oh, it would have been nice to have Dinagard instead of Dickey, but Dickey was a part of the reason why they made it to the postseason that year. So it's Andy won a Cy it's Young. It's difficult to get all that come together. Did he not win a Cy Young with the Jays? Did who win a Cy Young with the Jays? No, Dickey? I think he won it the year before. What with Dickey? Dickey won a Cy Young with the Mets before he came to the. Blue yeah, Bulls. I know, but yeah. didn't he? He or he made the All Star team or something? Ah, uh, maybe, but he 100 percent did not win a Cy Young. I can tell you that right now. I just typed in R. A. Ficky. You know what, though? Baseball is littered with... We can obviously point out the Noah Syndergaards and players of that ilk that we get, that we are highly touted prospects that we trade that end up doing something. We can point those out because they'll stick out. But for every one of those, there's 10 prospects that we trade away that never amount to anything. Like, do you remember Hechevarria? He was supposed to be the 
yeah. second coming of Jesus on the baseball field, and he went to like eight different teams after we dealt him. Right? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's tough. Baseball is not an exact science when it comes to that shit, that's for sure. Oh, it's definitely not. And yeah, there's plenty of interesting trades that can go down in the next couple of weeks with the trade deadline looming. But one of the more interesting trades that didn't end up happening because no one wanted them was Kyrie Irving. So uh, Kyrie was uh, ready to... He had a player option on his contract. And I I suppose he was humming and hawing about coming back to the Nets and suggested that maybe there's an option here to work out a sign-and-trade with a team I'd rather go to. And there was a number of teams that were kicked around. I imagine Kyrie probably supplied the Nets with a number of teams. Like, yo, can you contact this team, this team, and this team and see if they're interested in the sign-and-trade? And turns out none of them were interested. So Kyrie has picked up his player option for $37 million. Oh, life's tough. <laughs> can you imagine? You're, you're three subway stops outside of Manhattan and you're fucking pissed off. You're making $37 million playing for Brooklyn with Kevin Durant. Fuck off. Uh, my buddy lives in uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn's actually really nice. Is it? It is. Yeah? Yeah. Apparently that's good pizza. Oh, hell yeah. yeah I went to good pizza. I went there right. We were right down the road from the Barclay Center. Scott, uh, Hunter, and I, when we went to watch the Progress show, um, yeah, Brooklyn as was really nice. We we enjoyed the restaurant we were at. It was a very, it's busy, but you know, not like New York, Manhattan busy. Um, it was just cool. It was just a nice. It seemed like a nice place to be. Um, Ky- Kyrie's fucked man like there's really no other way to put it no there isn't i mean listen believe whatever you want about the earth flat round whatever the dude is acting like he's a hero for opting in he was quoted to the athletic normal people keep the world going but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow said irving to the athletic i've made my decision to opt in see you in the fall what's different what? Motherfucker, everyone takes their option if they're getting $37 million. Get the fuck out of here. Those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. Buddy, you commit. You said you were committed, you and Durant, to, to see it out in Brooklyn. And then you went, hmm, nah, maybe I'm, I'm not going to sign or maybe I'll do a, uh, an opt-in in trade or whatever they were calling it. And like you wanted to go to the Lakers. But bro, LeBron was like, we, we already got one of you here in russell westbrook we don't need two of you so like Kyrie's a like great player i mean we, we watched that video last week before the show with Stephen a smith great great talent but he's a fucking moron and that's the problem he's just he's he's i hate that he's stupid he's he does dumb things he says dumb things and he believes dumb things again believe what you want to believe it's still dumb so you know? smug about it too and i think that's what pisses me off the most is like he gets that fucking smile when he talks about it like he knows more but you don't know shit no like you're that it's no one wanted you like the only thing that would have happened if you didn't opt in and you hit the deadline and you didn't decide which i mean you're defaulting you don't pick up your option so you're a free agent you would have taken a six million dollar offer to go play in fucking Sacramento, the worst franchise in all of pro sports. That and that's I'm, just it. That's including yeah. Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> well, that's just it. He would have ended up taking. I mean, six is low. 
probably 15 or 20 elsewhere. No, nobody wants that problem. No. You know? Like, is the guy going to show up to practice? Is he going to play half the games? No one knows. Or is he going to play two games and not get the ball, like, the 11th time out of the 10 that we, he was the option for and he's going to get pissed off and walk off the court? Like, no, this guy is batshit crazy and not, like, the fun way, you know? And <laughs> Dustin's looking at me like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Because <laughs> there's, like, fun crazy. Like, there's people that are fun crazy. Like, Johnny Knoxville is batshit crazy, but he's fun crazy, right? Kyrie's just... Like, like crazy Tiffany? Yeah, as long as she's super hot. <laughs> but um, that, that, that's a joke from the league. If if everyone uh, out there hasn't watched the league, it's on Disney Plus, and it doesn't make sense for it to be on Disney Plus. But it came along when they had the Fox acquisition. Anyways, there's a running joke about this girl Tiffany, and they're like crazy Tiffany, and yeah, anyways. I love the league. But that I haven't seen it in a long time. But um, yeah, like I just think for, and it's sad that such a good talent is being wasted away by such like an overinflated ego and a shit attitude because you know like like jim said it's 37 million dollars like you won't take that to fucking play with kd in brooklyn and you try to swing the sign and trade and that says to me that he talked to the nets was like hey you know maybe we work out a sign and trade I'll go. That's and they gave him permission to talk to some teams, <laughs> and they, he talked to them, and they were like, "Get the fuck out of our office," or they didn't even take his call. And yeah, then his agent probably sat him down, and was just like, "Are you insane? You're not going to take thirty-seven million dollars. You're taking this money because if not, the most you're going to get is twelve. The dude is lucky. The dude is lucky. The team didn't have the option to reject it. Like, right. <laughs> could you imagine? I opt in. Nah, we're not on board." Because they would have had to have agreed to allow him to explore that as an option if it even came out that an opt-in trade was possible. So like he said, like, the Nets were like, cool, man. Sure. Go for it. <laughs> you know, sure. $37 million off our books. So well, a part of it sounds like the, the, the Nets no organization... The problem is no one's going to take him for $37 million now. Well, and that's that's it, right? And, what, and now, how do you... I mean, KD's no angel either. But how do you walk into that locker room and look KD in the eye and be like, let's play, brother? Let's do the thing. Well, does KD even stay? Because everyone knew that if Kyrie left, KD's probably gone. But does he still want to deal with this shit this year? He could just be like, fuck it. I'm going back to Golden State. I'm getting me another ring. Well, I believe KD's still under contract, so he would have to ask for a trade. And if he, But he's the type of player, if he asks, they'll do it. Right, like they're not gonna sit on no draft picks, <laughs> and, and you know yeah. that contract with a guy of that talent. Because NBA players, if they don't, if they don't go where they want, they just sit. They have a ton of power. The NBA players have the most. Excuse me, the most power. I was yawning. Have the most power in any pro sport. I think, even including, even including soccer. Soccer, those dudes are bought and sold <laughs> like nobody's business. NHL, I mean, it's just not the same because there's 26 guys on a team. 23 guys on a team. Baseball, there's a lot of power in baseball because of bidding wars, but the the control of where you go mid-career isn't there in baseball. We were just talking about years of control. 
in in basketball after your entry level contract chances are you signed 46 fucking uh endorsement deals and you can command decent money and then you dictate where you want to go whenever you want to go and it's nuts i'm just not playing trade james hart james harden's the perfect example trade me i'm not playing okay <laughs> what do you do he just doesn't come out like that, that's the that's the thing right so you're right if katie doesn't want to play for brooklyn they'll find a spot for him because it's better getting something than nothing and i actually wouldn't be surprised if he's already made a call to steph and been like hey man you want to hang out because that's you want to go to red lobster get some grub yeah <laughs> <laughs> My treat. Yeah. <laughs> My treat. <laughs> holds up a lot of cash. Right. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, that so honestly, cool. honestly, Happy Gilmore is probably the best sports movie ever. It's up Ooh. there. Next to Slap Shark. Okay. It's in top I'm put, five. I'm putting this on the list for next week. Uh, I got free agent predictions for NHL. It's going to be top five lists for like yeah. the whole and, show. And I've actually, as you guys have been talking throughout the show, I've been thinking, and I've, I've already put my notes in for my five players. Um, so I have that already done. But we'll also talk about best sports movies of all time. Here, let's do this. Come with a top five? No, for the rest of the summer, we'll call it the top five summer. And every week, we'll have a new top five list that we'll discuss. I actually like that. That's a good idea. All right, I'll bump that to the following week then. No, no we, we can, can do it start, start next week. week. All right, we will start it next week then. <laughs> But what are your thoughts on Kyrie and Brooklyn and the whole thing there, Dustin? I th I echo what you guys are saying. I think Kyrie's a lunatic. And, <laughs> he's just <laughs> two um, sentences. He, I think he's a lunatic, and Brooklyn is destined to just be a tire fire. Not because the talent isn't there, because Kyrie's a great player, and KD's a great player, and Harden's a great player. Well, Harden's it's, not there. Well, yeah, Harden, Harden was a great player when they, all, yeah. they were all there together is what I mean. Like, they had probably the best big three in the league last year. And it just, they didn't put it together because they, they barely to played together. And they refused to build. The, the Nets won't build. They want to buy a championship. They want the, the, the Brooklyn rebrand. They want the championship. Out of New Jersey, Brooklyn, black and white, NWO, for life. Like, they want that championship to to elevate that franchise to the next level and they're not willing to wait and it's it's kind of it's embarrassing almost it it's, it's not just that but it's also like they're remember in the 90s when they used to call ecw the land of the misfit toys where it's like this is a guy who's really good but for whatever reason he's not good at this one thing so we'll take him and put him over here and we'll get we'll repackage him and put him together with other, anyways that's the way I look at Brooklyn, where it's like Kyrie's a lunatic, but he's really good. We'll put him here. Whereas like Harden clearly has had some conditioning issues and he looks like Phil Kessel now, but we'll bring him into Brooklyn. And then, and then Ben Simmons, who's like a child and doesn't want to play at basketball anymore for some reason, and they'll bring him into Brooklyn. It's like they're grabbing all these players in the NBA that are good, but they're a kind of crazy and they're going to put them all together it just sounds like a recipe for disaster for me and the knicks next door are building and they're going to be good and they're going to be you know, listen 
don't think for a second that if Zion's healthy and his contract, he's been dropping hints that he would go to New York in a heartbeat. And if he's healthy and he can play and he goes to the Knicks, buddy, the Knicks and they're next door. Fair. And yeah, they're they're going to look like more like, I don't know. For, for a franchise that has the allure of being the Brooklyn Nets with, you know, the swagger and the, the cool look, they were the fresh look. Um, like they're a very NBA team, right? Like the aesthetic, the presentation, like it's very NBA, you know, um, they, they attracted KD, they attracted Kyrie and they attracted Harding on a trade said, trade me to Brooklyn. You would think that like, look at the Cavaliers. They look at the draft picks and look at them now. They, they're, they'll be a contender next year. Connor Claxton, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. Like they're they're going to be a good team for a lot of years to come. They don't need to buy anyone. Fuck LeBron. I, there was talk LeBron would just go back to Cleveland and play with all these young dudes. <laughs> like, it's just, it's wild, man. That they, well, like, it, what do you do after this? If KD yeah. leaves and Kyrie leaves, you're left with Ben Simmons, who may never play another game. Right? Like, he's out there fly fishing, taking videos on Instagram fly fishing, but can't play a basketball game. Right? It's, I don't know. It's, like you said, it's a fucking tire fire. Just whatever. Relegate and they got, them. And they got Who's rid of the Jason Kidd. Europe? Bring him in. They got Jason Kidd to coach. They got rid of him. And now he's, was he coach of the year this year? I think so. I'm not sure. And then. They get Steve Nash, who's not the guy to coach that team. I love no, Steve first Nash. First year coach, but no. Monty Williams won Coach of the Year. Was Jason Kidd nominated? Sons. Uh, makes sense. No, Kidd won it like a year or two ago. Uh, I do not see Jason Kidd nominated. Uh, it was Taylor Jenkins and Eric Spolstra who were the nominees in 2022. Uh, Jason Kidd I haven't seen on the list in a number of years. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, yeah no. Brooklyn... They've got their issues have issues, man. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, and thirty-seven million dollars is a lot of money to be paying to Kyrie Irving. <laughs> but hey, man, I guess there's worse ways to spend money, like uh, the money the government gives you, like Hockey Canada has been doing. So, uh, update to our Hockey Canada story. If you recall, a, a few weeks ago on this show, we talked about the controversy at hockey canada where there was uh an alleged incident from a woman who says he was sexually assaulted by eight hockey uh, canadian hockey players during a canadian hockey event um then there was a settlement reached between the alleged victim and hockey canada and the thinking is that maybe this money was used inappropriately not to say that she should not have been paid or the settlement should not have been happened should not have happened but like what where did the money come from that paid this settlement was it government funding that paid for the settlement and then that's where the gray area comes from so as of right now the update to this story is that the canadian government has frozen uh hockey canada's millions of dollars in federal funding probably until the end of this scenario is reaches its resolution so that's the update on Hockey Canada. I don't know if you guys want to add anything to that, but 
that's just what I know right now for this. Ah, fucking Not a freeze good it. Look. They gotta freeze it until they figure out ways to ensure that it's being spent properly because clearly you, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? And if they've done the investigation and looked into it and talked to the necessary people and they there's clearly reason to believe that it was that money that was used yeah no fuck that chances are it's my money (laughs) so fucking freeze it it was about 14 million dollars that was uh given to hockey canada between 2020 and 2021 yeah a lot of money fucking figure this shit out boys like clean clean that shit up it's a half a year of Kyrie irving yeah, <laughs> that's it's true. crazy. Crazy to put into perspective like that. How much money is provided to Hockey Canada to govern the sport of hockey in the entire country of Canada versus how much money is being paid to one lunatic to almost play basketball in Brooklyn? Kind of play basketball, yeah. Like he does oh. some form of it when he's on the court. Like, cause he's even a shade of him for himself. Whatever. We're just back to that topic, but yeah, like they need to. And that's the thing. It's sad that it, that's what it takes to get a lot of resolution to this shit is saying, well, you know, cut the cut the money off and, you know, instead of saying we need to do the right thing and blah, 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 it's, you know, hit them in the pocket. I don't know. I just think it's, there's so much shit going on in sports and, you know, sp- especially hockey too, where for so long they're like, oh, we're better than this. We have all these initiatives and it's just like, no, you're not <laughs> right. So fuck man. I'm, I'm very curious to see who heads or whose head is going to roll after all this shit. Well, speaking of rolling, we're going to roll on out of here. So thank you very much for joining us this evening for the 11th ever episode of 43.6, the sports podcast that you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry. He's James Key. That's Maddie Key. And we'll see you next week.